didn't see it coming, the podcast about brands that learn from the past, are looking to the future, and are profiting because of it today. I'm your host, Mark Stoiber. Welcome to the show. Today, I'm going to go to a radio interview I did recently on the subject of trust and brands with host Mark Brené. Hope you enjoy the interview. Many people think trust is becoming a scarce resource. Let's find out what, what an expert thinks about this. In Mark We Trust, our guest is Mark Stoiber. He's a brand strategy consultant. He's also an entrepreneur and author of the book Didn't See It Coming. Hello, Mark. Hello, hello. Who do you trust? Uh, I trust uh, my neighbor. I trust my mom. Trust my kids. Trust your kids. Trust, trust you. Trust your family. You're a very trustworthy person. I am. I am. Thank yes. you. But trust your family. I trust my family. Um, let's get into this because last week uh, we did a piece uh, with a UVic professor. And we were talking about the Gustafson brand trust index. And what we found there was there were several companies that uh, ranked very high. President's Choice was number one. Uh, Mountain Equipment Co-op. At Costco, these were three of the top. Home hardware was in there, Canon, Shoppers Drug Mart, etc. But we want to go to more of a global look at this. And there's a company that started in 1952 by a guy named Dan Endelman. Edelman. Edelman. Sorry, I put an N in there. Don't trust me. No, Edelman. I don't trust your pronunciation. Thank you. And for the last 16 years, this company, it's a public relations and consulting company, has put out uh, a trust, a barometer. brand trust barometer. Yeah. And what have they found this time? Well, actually, let me let me just correct you on that. They, what they did... But you trusted me. I, trust, I do trust you, but I, it doesn't mean I don't care. <laughs> uh, what they put out was actually a global barometer in our institutions. So it's bigger than brands. Yeah. So what they, they look at, they look at media, non-governmental organizations or NGOs. Those NGOs. are charities, yeah. you know, uh, government and business. And every year they do an exhaustive study on what people think of those organizations. And they use that because remember they're in the PR, they're in the PR business and uh, their business is helping companies figure out how to get more people to trust them. Right. It's, it's key to key to PR. So uh, they've, they've had, not only do they do an exhaustive study, but they also put a trend against this. So every year they come up with trends and it's incredible. You can, you can Google Edelman trust barometer, E D E L M A N. And it'll blow your socks off how closely the trust barometer mirrors global events. So for example, uh, the evolution of trust in 2002, the trend, then was the fall of the celebrity CEO. Uh, no secret, we had the stock market crash, we had the Enrons of the world happening back then. Was that when Martha Stewart, was that when yeah, that happened? Yeah, yeah. remember all these people that we worshipped at the, at the yeah. Temple of? We said, these are the people we want to be, and suddenly, boom, they all came down. Not surprisingly, trust in celebrity CEOs went down the toilet. 2012, the fall of the government in bank bailouts, and if you look at that, uh, the trend was the fall of government. 2013, not surprisingly, the crisis of leadership. And what we found globally is that people seem to react the same way, global news, and their trust goes up and down. Now, it gets very interesting here, and I want to, I want to, you know, I like to thread the needle with a whole bunch of things. 2016 is the year of growing 
inequality of trust. And if you look closely, they've got a track from 2001 to 2016. Mm -hmm. Inequality has never come up before. So what this means in the trust barometer is that there is a growing discrepancy between people, they call them the informed populace, and the mass populace, the educated people and the not-so-educated people. And what they're seeing is that more than ever before, they don't trust each other. This sounds very, very much like the U.S. presidential election. It sounds like the U.S. election. It sounds like Brexit. Mm -hmm. It sounds like what happened after austerity. It sounds like what's going to happen in Germany. It sounds like what's going to happen in France. So this is very, very interesting. Now, I want to tie this together. Because I think uh, the Gustafson Trust Index for brands, you know, they rated brands on function and values and relationships. So function, how a brand actually performs, what it does. Does my deodorant really not make me stink? Values. Well, are hold, on, the... hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on, give me a second. What? Yeah. yeah. No, it's working. You can trust, you can yeah, trust you're, my deodorant. Yeah, you're okay. You're good. Uh, <laughs> It is late in the day, for God's sake. And and, uh, values. Does my deodorant brand, the people who run it, align with my values? Are they good people or crazy people? And relationship. And this is, I find this really interesting. Uh, The relationship that I have with them. Remember, it used to be that the relationship we had with brands was, I see something that I want, the brand promises it to me, it gives it to me, and then it runs away. You know, it was, I get, I get cereal, I buy some running shoes, and then the relationship is over. But with the advent of the internet mm-hmm. uh, and digital connection and a global planet, what's happening is we're expecting our brands to come back and say, Mark, how you doing? What are you thinking today? Hey, Mark, here's our newsletter. I know you just bought business cards from us, but would you like to know what's going on in the world? Are we expecting that or are we deluged by that? I think I we... I can't stand when I get You know, that. we're information hungry and... And we hate it until we don't have it. And, you know, I, I get way too much of that. I feel frazzled and I feel like I'm going to go catatonic. Yeah. But I miss it. And there's a few out there like the Patagonia newsletter, for example, or Mountain Equipment Co-op. That would be different. If you're a hiker or something like that yeah. and you want to have the latest, that I get. But if I'm getting something from my toothpaste manufacturer. Oh, okay, terrible. Or even I buy a pair of running shoes. Okay, I'm not going to buy another pair for another year. Piss off, yeah, Nike. Yeah, I don't need to hear from you. Right, even Apple. I just bought your six. I don't want your seven. You can you can shove your seven up your you know what. You're an angry. I don't man, want aren't it. You? You're quite. An I'm angry not, man. but I'm sick of getting all these emails from all these companies. You know, it's funny because uh, then I want I want to take yours and I'll raise take out you an one. ad on the radio. Uh, another thing they do, they get ambassadors. So that if they want to build a relationship, so for example, Patagonia, I worked with Patagonia for a while. They have brand ambassadors, outdoorsy types who write in their journals about crossing the desert. People eat it up. They love it. But you have to have the right brand, right? Uh, Patagonia is very much a people's brand. It was founded by a blacksmith who was making stuff just because he thought the stuff he could buy was crap. (laughs) If you hear him do a talk, he's pretty coarse and he's 100% authentic. He's a people's brand, but he also cuts through to the intellectuals because everybody wants to save the world. Brilliant positioning for a brand. Hello, Mountain Equipment Co-op. You know, now I don't tr- I don't believe uh, the Gustafson Interest Index for brands anywhere between the top five and the bottom five because when you get in the middle, it gets kind of fuzzy. You know, when you're filling out a survey, people are asking you stuff, and you just go, yeah, yeah, whatever, whatever. I look at the top five and the bottom five, and so I found it really interesting when I looked at Volkswagen and Red Bull and Uber. 
at the bottom. Volkswagen, I think, is a classic case. Volkswagen is like FIFA. It's like the IOC. Volkswagen is a company where they said, you know, uh, we trusted these guys. They were the people's, the Volk wagon, the car of the people. And now they betrayed us. Yeah, that was nasty know? when they said that they uh, <laughs> they talked about what kind of mileage you get in your uh, in your oh, car. It's, oh, yeah. Well, you just feel like it's it's the car of the people, and it's not. No, they're scamming us because the rich guys are getting richer. So that's that's where that's interesting in brands. Hold that thought. Four forty-five. We're with uh, Mark Stoiber. He's a brand strategy consultant and entrepreneur, and also the author of "Didn't See It Coming." I saw this coming. It's four forty-six. <laughs> We're talking about trust, and uh, who do you trust as far as where you get your news in this case? Uh, startling facts about to be revealed by our guest, Mark Stoiber. He's the author of Didn't See It Coming. He's also a brand strategy consultant and an entrepreneur. Okay, Mark, where do people trust their news sources? Where do they get their news? I was surprised until I thought about it. Uh, Edelman Trust Barometer revealed that globally two out of three people trust peer news sources. That means they get their news from Facebook. They're not getting it from the New York Times. Now, I, I looked at that and I go, that's nuts. You mean my friend who just sounds off on anything, I'm believing him more than the New York Times? But then you look at it, look at what's happening in the States right now. People who are behind Trump say that mainstream media are a bunch of liars and the informed public who are behind Hillary are saying Fox News, it's nothing but uh, a propaganda station. So there you go. And these, these mainstream news sources haven't done themselves any favor by polarizing themselves behind political parties. So it's more like a battle royale where the, news, the newspaper sources are, are giving you uh, the, the party line. And then you look at um, Arab Spring. Mm -hmm. You know, and you have a whole bunch of uh, people in the squares tweeting like crazy to get the news out. And you know that the news was being suppressed by the official media, but they couldn't block it. So we are trusting our peers more than we're trusting the experts. This show accepted, of course. Absolutely this, yes, accepted. Yes. But when you say that, if people are getting the news from Facebook, are they getting it from opinions? Because when you go on Facebook, people are posting things from the New York Times or, oh my goodness, Fox News yeah. or ABC News or from wherever. Well, we live, we live in an era of chronic reposting because there yeah. are only so many good ideas around and people are lazy, so they just repost what other people say, which it's, it's awful because we're so frazzled, we just pass things along without actually digesting, which is what journalists are paid to do, is digest and find the truth in all the information. So we're becoming an echo chamber of white noise of information, and I think, I don't know what we're trusting anymore, but I think it's just getting more and more confusing. How much of that, I'm going to do a show on that uh, next week, I've got something lined up about the polarization of the news media, and one of the questions I'm going to ask you now, and I'm going to ask the guest next week, is how much does that have to do with the, uh, the fact that the newsrooms all across North America and the world really have been trimmed to the point where they have to pick their targets. News organizations have to pick their targets. And that, to me, I'm not saying it's right, it's totally not right, uh, end up siding with one individual or the other. So in other words, Fox is definitely Republican. 
definitely Republican. Whatever Donald says is probably right. Whatever Hillary says is totally wrong. And the other organizations, some of them, mm-hmm. uh, MSNBC, for example, mm-hmm. totally left-leaning. New York Times, I think they're a little bit more in the middle. They certainly don't care for Trump, but I think they're a little bit more in the middle. But it's because there aren't enough resources. So yep. you've got to sort of pick your battles. I think How much seeing, of that is, is involved? I think what you're seeing is what, what we call the demonetization of technology, the demonetization of expertise. You see it across all professions. Today I just read a report about psychologists uh, doing post-traumatic stress disorder. The army couldn't afford all the psychologists. They're using AI, artificial intelligence, to psych, uh, psychoanalyze and counsel soldiers. Turns out the soldiers actually like the bots better than they like the psychologist. Why is that? Why is that? Because they thought the psychologist might have a human emotional interest in it. They might rat them out or might give up information. Probably completely unfounded, but there you go. So news organizations being gutted. I don't think they're being trimmed. I think they're being yeah, gutted. I was being polite. Because technology is demonetizing or taking the money out of the news. And what's replacing it? Well, people like all of us sounding off and creating a white noise of, of misinformation and no wisdom. I don't, I don't know, but I, I, don't trust, I don't trust where that's all going. And I think there's going to be actually... A pendulum swing back. Now, that brings us to uh, to one other topic, which is reviews. One of the things that we trust is peer reviews of products. Now, I'm a brand guy, right? I'm not so much the news guy, but the the brand is is what interests me. Uh, and what we trust is when I go on Amazon and I see a book that's been rated uh, top top book they've ever read by all these folks, I go, there you go, I'm going to buy the book. And now what comes out is that these reviews are being bought. You know, uh, it's interesting because I want to I want to do a shout out to one of our local heroes. His name is Mark Howe, and uh, he's a Victoria native, serial entrepreneur, and he's passionate about trust. He lives in San Diego now, but I want folks to check out his company. It's called Shops Well. S H O P S W E L L. The entire company is built on getting real credible reviews that you can trust, and they monetize the people who give the reviews based on how many people read their reviews and feedback that they're getting value from the review. So they're not being paid by Ford to pump a Ford car to give a good review. They're being paid by all the people out there going, hey, thanks very much. That was a really good review. So I think that's interesting because that problem didn't even exist two years ago. I had no idea it was that bad. So Shops Well is from a Victoria lad, Mark Howe. Yep. And he's living in San Diego. Check that out. I, I had no idea. So if I'm going on a website and I'm looking for a hotel and I enter a Hotel X and it says, yeah, 98% or whatever, uh, agree that it's a wonderful hotel, beautiful stay, had a great time. That's all phony? It isn't all phony, but too a lot much. Of it, of it a is lot phony. of it is too much of it is phony, and the problem is, how do you know which one is phony and which one's not? Sure, you know, uh, it's it's so easy to write reviews, and it's kind of opaque. Nobody knows who they are. This brings us back to the journalist problem. I have a journalist go to a hotel, check it out. I go, I like that guy. He gives great reviews. He gets rewarded based on the quality of his reviews, and I trust his review of the hotel. All right. Now, that's the same thing that Mark Howe is doing. He's basically going back to paying people for the expertise and the wisdom they give. And the integrity. So is this something where we're seeing the rise of journalism come back again? There's an idea. You know, if if we could reward citizen journalists based on the integrity and the quality and the accuracy of their reporting, we might see this whole thing come right full circle again. 
That would be welcome news. Now think about that. Think about that, though. The growing inequality of trust is the, is the trend. We have people who are represent the masses doing reviews or news that we can trust, so it brings that whole circle around again. Brings a little wholesomeness. Well, to it. as I've said before, you your glass is always half full, and I appreciate and respect that. I as hope long you're right. as it's full of wine, <laughs> that's right. Mine's always half half full as well, despite what you say. Uh, but I just seen too much in my experience that uh, the gutted newsrooms all across the country, all across the United States and Europe, and uh, these organizations that own us. They look for the bottom line. That's and, all they worry about is the bottom line. And you know, if you if you listen, I'm always fascinated when I go to Fo- when I go to the states or even when I listen on satellite radio uh, to Fox News that 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 news is a very very creative word in their in their vernacular because mm-hmm. there only seems to be two stories every day: the political outrage of the day and then maybe a cat up a tree. <laughs> uh, and you're going, oh my god, uh, you know this is I guess this is what happens when the people don't get paid enough and they have to eliminate them they only get one story right and and then it becomes this echo chamber what they talked about facebook where they use algorithms to align so that you only get the news that you agree well with. this is it and don't forget when you're on facebook or any other social media and you're looking for stories that you're interested in you're going you're going to naturally lean towards your leaning so in other words mm-hmm. if you if you're a trump person you're going to read fox's website you're going to re- right. watch fox because it pleases you that they agree with you so that's that's where you want to stand you're not going to read the the New York Times or MSNBC. I mean, I read Fox for, for kicks and giggles yeah. because it's just nonsense. But think about it this way. Think about it this way. When you go and you purposefully put yourself in uh, into a news media where you go, I don't trust these guys, it's really weird because you start getting angry. You look at it, you oh, yeah. laugh at it, but then you get slurred, sort of outraged. You go, I can't because, believe. Because, you know, some people are believing that stuff. And there you go. There's the growing inequality of trust. So you're the informed public, and you're looking at Fox going, you know, the, the Trump crowd. Yeah. Yeah. You're going, oh, that makes me mad. There you can see the disparity happening. And our job, I think, is to bring it back together. Who knows where it's all going to go? Okay, let's revisit this. Thanks, Mark. Thank you again for having me. Thanks for being here. Mark Stoiber, brand strategy consultant, entrepreneur, and author of a book he didn't bring today to give away. Didn't see it coming, but next time you will. I'll bring two on the 17th. Excellent. Thank you very much. It's so good. We'll play two. You've been listening to Didn't See It Coming, the podcast about brands that learn from the past, are looking to the future, and are profiting because of it today. I'm your host, Mark Stoiber. If you want to get a hold of me, drop me an email at mark, M-A-R-C, M-A-R-C-S-T-O-I-B-E-R.com. Have a good one.